This episode of RFK Refugees is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to ensure that there are future episodes and help this show grow, visit patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. That's patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. Enjoy the show. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFQ Refugees Podcast, winning, winning, oh-so-winning RFK Refugees Podcast. We got to win, John. How's it feel, man? It feels like it feels like it's been a while. I know it's been like, I think like Kansas City in like, I think the beginning, I want to say like towards the beginning of May, though, was the last time we saw this team win, or maybe mid-May. I'm trying to remember. But it's been a while since I felt, since I have watched a DC United game. And come away feeling good. And um, how how are you feeling? Are you are you feeling the exact same amount of joy I am? I am I am amused by how <laughs> things went. Like I don't feel good. I just think it was funny. It was a weird thing that happened. It's like if it's like if a car pulled out in front of your house and thirteen people got out of it. Like that's weird. That's a weird, <laughs> funny thing that happened. That's what it felt like to win like that yeah to win to win like that uh but how, how's your week been going let's talk a little bit about that before we talk dc united you had a good week yeah let's talk about how my week is going it's fine there's nothing there's nothing new to report <laughs> i'm uh i uh <coughs> regretted not going to the game on wednesday although then it started to rain like crazy and then i regretted it less yeah i think i'm gonna go i think i'm gonna go next week i'm pretty sure yeah i, I was looking like towns like ten dollar tickets i'm like mm. But I don't it know. Is attractive. Yeah, it is. It is. But the the trip up there, especially on a um, on a weekday from Richmond up to DC, is is a little bit. It's reverse traffic. You'd have very little traffic doing it. It would just Fair. be. It would just be a. You'd need all of the coffee on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Just so much of it. Basically. Basically. Um. But then I'm. I mean, I'm going to be up the week after that. The weekend after that for the Toronto game. So I, I think I, I think I might just wait until then. But just enjoy the game okay. from the comfort of my home. But uh. But yeah. Let's let's talk. The, let's talk about this game. So, <laughs> the game rolls up, and um. Yeah. I. I we had in, I had interviewed uh the um uh Joe from uh from the Philly Union podcast, and I said this is going to be a. Uh, this is going to be a, I feel like this is going to be DC, you know, Loudoun United versus like, I wasn't expecting Rooney. I wasn't expecting Acosta. I wasn't expecting any, you know, noticeable starters out there. And instead Ben Olsen says, Oh, I'm gonna throw the starters out there. I'm gonna throw you Leonardo Hara. I'm gonna throw TT Rodriguez. I'm gonna throw Acosta and Rooney being the, really the only players who played their natural positions. Everybody else was just kind of like cobbled together in like a, a semblance of a lineup. You had Leonardo Hara uh, playing as a uh, defensive midfielder. You had uh, Bustamante um, playing as a as a as a holding midfielder. I'm pretty sure he's a he's more of a winger attacker, isn't he? Or is he more of a central player? You've, you've been watching more Loudon than I have. So yeah, he's been he's been well, he's been out for most of the year for Loudon. Yeah, fair. His last game he played centrally. So it's kind of strange to see him out there. Um, of course, the big the big the big story today I think was the fact that Joseph Mora got out there and was starting. Praise um, the Lord. Yeah, looked a little rusty. I definitely looked like a guy who hadn't played. Um, I can't really account for too many. I mean, the whole lineup was weird. Like, you know, when you watch a team week in and week out, you kind of know who's in the position. But when when they throw out this type of weird lineup, you find yourself kind of like a player's in a position you don't expect him to be. You think it's this player, but then you go, wait, no, 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 it's not. 
Um, of course, the other story of the day was, of course, that Chris Odiostin was supposed to start this game. He went out with an injury, so Jalen Robinson stepped in. Um, I think that's why we saw Mora for the entire what ended up being 120 minutes. Um, I don't think – I think the strategy was Mora goes 60 and Mora then, came out at 97. Oh, he did come out at 97. Okay. So, yeah, but yeah. still, he played 90 minutes of that game. I don't think that was the original plan. No, I think the plan not. was Odiastum <laughs> out there. And then Mora comes out maybe 60, 70th minute um, type of situation. And maybe, who knows, it might have been a different game. But uh, first 15 minutes were rough. I think you can agree with that. Um, I thought Philly looked better, you know, through probably the first 15 minutes of that game. Um, But then DC, I thought, settled. Uh, The second half, I thought, was all theirs, and they deserved to get a goal out of it. So uh, very, very weird game. Very, very weird game indeed. Uh, John, give me some of your thoughts. Let's see, there were 43 shots and only 12 of them on goal. So that's <laughs> that's something. That's a that's a stat to remember. Uh, the first half was pretty ugly, I got to say. Uh, the second half, it became a little bit more attractive. Uh, I think part of that is players knocking rust off, some players having bad games. Uh, Jalen Robinson no, yeah. is not, not covering himself in glory. He had to play right back. It's been a long time since he played right back. Um, it well, it didn't wasn't great. Uh, Bobby Warshaw was was riding him pretty hard, and and for once, I think that he was probably not incorrect in doing so. Uh, uh, we've and, talked about it the last two pods, I think, about what Jalen needs to be doing here, and and how this is sort of a last chance saloon, and it is not is not stepping up. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 playing out of position, so I guess you can kind of you know a lot of performances like Hara didn't particularly shine, but I still thought he had effective moments. Um, Busamante, I thought, was fairly solid. Uh, there were guys out there that played unnatural positions that I thought showed better than what Robinson did. Robinson was getting burned. Um, I can't remember who the affiliate. I want to say it was Insigno was just burning him all night long. But they were just they would come at the right side. They do a couple juke moves, and uh, uh, Robinson would go one way, and the player would go the other way, and they'd have a, a good scoring opportunity. Um, really, Philly was very lucky, I think, in that first half not to get a goal. Um, I think DC uh, kind of like rode some of that luck at the beginning of the season, kind of where they weren't playing that well, but somehow the game was still no, nothing, nothing. Um, but they they started to play well. Uh, there was kind of a penalty shout um, for Lewis Ulysses Segura. I think that uh, if that had gone too far, maybe that gets overturned. Um, I have since had um, a professional, former professional soccer player I was watching the game with. And the and another official tell me that no, I am completely wrong. That was not a penalty, but I disagree a little bit. I think that was a pretty fair shot for a penalty. You're talking about the uh, where I'm trying to remember who it, who it, you said it was Segura. It was Segura, yes. Where Matt Freeze went through and Segura. got the ball first, theoretically, was that that play? Yeah, or was that a different one? That, that's the play I'm talking about. Okay, yeah, that to me looked like a penalty. Yeah, uh, and I think. Again, Bobby Warshaw was like, not a penalty, not a penalty, not a penalty. Then he saw a replay from behind, and he's like, oh, maybe a penalty. You know, and that's one of those things I think at full speed, probably the referee looks at that, and he's and he it's hard for him to tell. And in a situation like that, you don't want to give a penalty unless you're absolutely sure, um, unless it's, it's absolutely clear and blatant, especially in a knockout situation like that. Um, so, I mean, that's one of those full speed plays where, you know, I, the replay – the slowdown replay, you can see Segura gets the ball first, taps it to the side, and then the the keeper completely clears him out. Um, so, but you know that's it, it. It ended up not affecting the results, so I guess there's that. Right. Um, 
But uh, I tried to think of like anything else from this game, but it was it was just kind of a weird game. I, I thought Rooney looked a little rusty. I thought he kind of regained his bearings a little bit. Um, I thought Acosta looked good. I thought he was making some really nice plays, really nice movements, mm-hmm. um, especially towards the end of the game. He definitely got his legs back. Did, did you have the same assessment? Yeah, I think there was some miscommunication uh, with a few players. I don't think they were his fault, really. I think he was... I think he had good vision and where he was putting the ball, the players that he passed it to should have gone, but they didn't. Uh, Rooney did. There were a couple times where Rooney didn't follow through on a run or another player didn't fall and the ball got placed in a dangerous spot and there was just no person there. But I don't blame, I don't blame Acosta for that. Chris McCann has a cool tattoo sleeve on his left arm. I didn't notice that was pretty cool. He also yeah. got a goal. Yeah. <laughs> so very, very neat for him. Uh, well, 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 go, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, uh, can we talk about Griffin? Yao? Yeah, we can't talk about Griffin Yao. So he came in at the what time? He came in at seventy three. So he got a good he got a good run there. Uh, aside from the chance to score that he should have buried, um, he did not look out of place. He he looked largely the same way he does for for Loudon in that he is a, an aggressive player that will take on take on defenders. He also plays defense and he runs back, which uh, announcers called out that, you know, you better. <laughs> you're 16 and and uh, you're playing in this game. You better run. You better get back on defense. Um, he, you know, we talk, we've talked about him all year and he is absolutely, uh, he's, he's coming into his own at Loudon. He, he's definitely shown that he's a fit for that level. Um, I, I do think that for a team that is struggling to get uh, some attacking impetus at times, or it seems to be static on, on offense that he's a player that needs to, you know, he needs to play more. He needs to play more than Quincy does. Yeah. Um, if you're looking, if you're looking at that bench right now, as far as a, as a potential spark in the offensive side, it's not Zoltan. It's not really Quincy either. Um, so who else is it going to be? You're going to, you know, things are going to change when this, when hopefully things are going to change when the, when the transfer window comes around and you've got new blood in here. But until then, I think I think you got to see him. I think you got to see him as a seventy-minute sub, and in, in these when we're behind, uh, or or we're looking to add a goal. I think that I think that's a wise move. What yeah, do you think? I would say at this point there is no reason why he should start getting looks over Zoltan Steber at this point as the first player off the bench. A lot of people were clamoring for him to start. Um, I, I don't know if I would go that far at this point. I would also. I mean, I would. You, you do have to look at the situation, you know, the game, who's out there it, for Philly. It's not – I think at that point they had started to sub guys in. They had started to bring bring players in. It It's an odd situation. I'm pretty sure Philly also was not playing a, a, a considerable, you know, the type of lineup we would expect them to play either. So I, I'm I, I'm very excited about what he's playing. Do I think he slots right in as a starter? I don't, I don't think yet. I think – he has moved up the depth chart where he should be on the bench and he should be coming in though instead of um, instead of Zoltan because it's very clear that he, I, I hope Olsen saw that defensive play and then if Zoltan Stieber was somewhere on that bench turned to him and just said and just like pointed at that and then pointed back at them and pointed back at the play and was like come yeah, on buddy he was not on the bench <laughs> that's that, that he was he was probably watching from a hotel in Miami or something fair probably uh, he uh he the, that was the big thing before the game is people were like, oh my God, Zoltan didn't even make the bench, uh, and there is an internationals quota uh, yeah. uh, 
and that was that was the reason behind that. But still, uh, things don't look good for him. Also, the the uh, the salary stats came out. <laughs> uh, and that also didn't look good for. I mean, it, it looks good for his bank account. Like, oh, yeah. if anyone on the team is looking to ask someone for a loan, like if Chris Odiatsum with his fifty-five thousand is like, you know, who I need to hit up for some for a little <laughs> walking around money. I think Zoltan's probably a good bet. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean that 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 came out. I think what is Rooney is like at three and a half million or something like that, and then yep. you have Zoltan Steber at like seven hundred thousand. It's the second highest paid player on that roster. Is just. Is just unbelievable. So you know DC's trying. I mean, they can't buy out another another roster slot. So they can't buy out another contract. Basically, they've already bought out. They already bought out Pat um, David David Usted. I always do that. I, I know. I always do that. <laughs> they already bought out uh, David Usted. Um, so they already bought his contract out. So they can't buy him out. They're going to have to trade him. But the question is, of course, going to be when they trade him, what kind of value is he going to attain? And and I don't think you're going to. There's a team out there. That would look at him and say, "Yeah, we'll take him for the seven. We'll take the three hundred, even the three hundred, the half salary hit. They would probably have to take for him. Yeah. So Literally DC's no going yeah, to have to give up a, a sizable chunk of change if they want to offload him. Um, and it it it's going to be the story, I think, for DC this offseason if they can get him offloaded. Let's let's wrap up the game real quick, and then I want to talk about the salaries a little bit more as we run through this. Uh, there's not too much more to say, except for if you were watching or if you didn't watch and are just now following up on this game now, uh, there was nothing to happen and then until the 113th minute when Anthony Fontana, who apparently has not played for Philly in a year, scored a goal. Uh, you would have thought that the entire DC United team would melt into puddles at that point because I kind of melted into a puddle. I mean, uh, I thought the didn't. game was over. I thought it's over. Like, I mean, we, this is most this, of this us is, did. This, I think everybody except is, for this maybe is, the players. This is, this is the end of, this is the end. Like I was like, there's no way. I mean, giving up a goal in extra time after you've played 110 minutes, you, you've battled through that game. I, I, I thought it was over and here we're getting knocked out of the first round of this open cup. Again, the team had not beaten MLS opposition since 2013. Like, let's be serious. They had all, all their wins in the open cup had come since then have all come against, uh, lower opponent, lower division opponents, which no disrespect to them, but you know it's it's kind of it's kind of almost embarrassing that you can't find one game you can win. Um, and this is a game at home. It seems like everything's set up. You've got your two best players out there, Wayne Rooney and Lucho Acosta. You know Philly doesn't have Andre Blake in the goal there, so you would think you would be able to win that game. So I I thought it was over at that point. Yep. I don't know who grabbed the ball out of the net, but a DC United player sprinted out like a, like a like a bat out of hell and was like no. It's not over yet. We're gonna we're gonna do this, uh, and then they did. They did score. They tied the game up at the 118th minute. Chris McCann scored. As <laughs> Chris McCann scoring <laughs> with his cool sleeve tattoo. Uh, tied the game. I was like, okay, well, penalties. I mean, we all thought it was gonna go here eventually. Anyway, fine. Uh, but then there was a penalty uh, before that in the 120th minute, and Wayne Rooney in the rain with the game on the line puts it in the net, and he does it again. Crushes it into the side netting. Just. Just lasers it, like not going to be saved. Is it just wasn't, no matter what. Yeah. Uh, and and they won, and it was hilarious. And I laughed, and I laughed, <laughs> and I said, I cannot, I can't believe this. This game, this game, as weird as it was, belonged at the Plex. Like a game like that should be played at at, at the Maryland Sportsplex. So uh, now Audi Field has at least one of these weird, bizarro U.S. Open Cup memories uh, in it. So I'm happy <laughs> about that. It's 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 survive in advance when it comes to the U.S. Open Cup. It doesn't matter how you do it. You're on to the next round, and you get um, they have another game at home against NYC coming up 
um, next week, the draw sort of going live, even though it went, it was kind of odd. I was like waiting for it. Anyway, it was a weird, weird draw, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, let's 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 dig into these salaries because uh, Chris McCann also also listed as five hundred thousand dollars on the was it five hundred sixty thousand dollars or something like that five hundred uh, eighty base six oh eight guaranteed. So that is again uh, that is being paid by Atlanta. Yeah, we are paying the, <laughs> we are paying the league minimum on that. So thank goodness on that. Uh, that would that would be real bad. It'd be uh, like be like a million. No it'd, be, it'd be like one point two million dollars worth of salary that is literally like a third of the cap basically sitting on the bench for most yep. games, but it's not that bad. So let's just run, you know, this is a, this is a thirst for content week, uh, in these open cup games. So I'm going to work through this list because it'll fill some time. So, uh, Lucho Acosta, 702,000 guaranteed. Uh, that is a number that he would have liked to have seen increase in this, uh, negotiation, new contract deal, which, uh, to those who continue to wonder if there's been any change, uh, not publicly. Uh, there has been no change. We're we are situation standard. I, I think it's great that people ask us like the questions and they give us that type of content. We we, we have no inside information. Yeah. We we are yeah, going to know. We 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 are simply we are just dudes who will comment on stuff. We are we are the comment section of of the soccer media world. We will know exactly when you all know what happens with Lucho Acosta or when Pablo Maurer or Stephen Goff drops drops something. Like that's when we'll know about Lucho Acosta or any of these we'll situations. It. We'll know it immediately <laughs> afterwards because I think we probably have Twitter alerts for all those guys. Oh, we so do. That's we how, do. Yes, that's, absolutely. That's the only way we'll be faster. Yes. Um. So that's that. Quincy's at seventy thousand. Okay. That's that's. Uh, I think that's the veteran minimum, or near the veteran minimum. Ariola's at seven hundred and seven thousand. 700,000, which is cool. That's good. Burnbaum, half a million, pretty much. Briant, three hundred thousand. That's a that, that's a pretty. I mean, for how Brilliant's played this year, that's a pretty. That's not a bad deal for for a yeah. defender for how he's played. Um, I'm, if he I'm, was younger, he'd have a shout for a raise for sure. Yeah, absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Canals, two hundred forty-seven thousand five hundred. Uh, I think Canals has had an up and down year. I think. Yeah. Um, Last year, I would have so, said we're, we're we're underpaying for him tremendously, but this season, yeah. I'm like that's about right. That's I, I agree with yeah. you. Uh, Bustamante. Uh, so I think it's funny that these homegrown players are coming in on more money than players drafted. Uh, I mean, that's the way it works, yeah. obviously, right? You understand that. But if I'm if I'm Chris Odoyatsum or um, Earl Edwards, I guess he's making more. I'd be like, man. That sucks. <laughs> well, you know what? One thing, one thing you, ha- one thing you have to. I think one thing to have uh, that happened with o- Odie Ostom is Odie Ostom was a, uh, he was like a late first round draft pick, and you know when you're signing these guys, you know out of out of a, onto a homegrown contract, um, they don't count against your. I don't think they count against your salary cap. He's they, a supplemental they, player, so yeah. you're right. He does not count. Yeah. So they're so they're off. These are off budget players that they're signing, and I. It, I was really impressed with the amount of money that both Griffin Yao and Donovan Pines were making. Um, those yeah. those are you know they're they're making more money than me right now. Let's just say that. So teenagers are literally making more money than me at this point. Um, and so is that you know are we going to be are we at the point where we're going to be signing kids out of our academy to you know five hundred thousand dollar 
year contracts, you know, a million year contracts, probably not. We're, we're probably still a ways from that, but um, I would, I would love to look at like the, the homegrown salaries, like the, the first year homegrown salary contracts that these players get. And I'm betting you're seeing a, a strong upward trajectory, um, especially, especially when guys are leaving uh, there, there's players yep. that are all over that are turning down contracts and leaving. And MLS is, is desperate for that not to happen because they want to grow talent. They want to, you know, they want to be that, you know, that first step um, in professional careers, especially for young homegrown players. And especially when they're putting in the investment um, that they're Yeah, they got to get that money back out of, exactly. those, out of those players. So exactly. you got to pay them to keep them for at least a couple of years. Uh, Chris Durkin, 104,000. Uh, Chris Durkin, who had a not an up and down, an up and down World Cup, I think, not necessarily due to his own play, but just sort of. There were conditions at play. He didn't. He didn't increase his, his value. Yeah. Regardless of what you know, what the situation was, where with the lineup or uh, the fact that he was suspended for one of the games, the fact that he was at fault for a goal in in the most watched game. Uh, I, I think that there was conversation about, wow, I guess DC United really should have loaned him out then uh, at the beginning of the year, and I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think that I think that he's gotten opportunities with DC. He got an opportunity there on the national stage. He did not. He did not shine uh, the way he wanted to, and that's that happens sometimes. You don't always have great tournaments. Yeah, t- tournaments are a crapshoot, and there there was a lot of um, Tab Ramos was apparently doing a lot of a lot of sort of odd things in, with his lineups, and you know, to his credit, he made it third straight quarterfinals for a U twenty team. Um, you know, I, I don't think this is the end of Chris. I don't think we've heard the last of Chris Durkin. Um, I kind of read, uh, Matt Doyle who watches, you know, a lot of this stuff a lot closely said he had a really good game against Nigeria. That was sort of the one good game he had. Um, and the rest was kind of rough. And he says, you know, he just really just needs, if he can get, just get 20%, you know, I think he was like 20% faster, 10% quicker on his decisions. Um, he'll, he'll be a real, uh, a rock star player. Um, it's, and you know, the kid's 18, the kid's 18, 19, he's still really young, uh, for, for a player. Um, you would have liked to have seen a better U20 World Cup. I'm sure DC would have liked to have seen that, but, and, and the notion, I think there was a notion from some fans like, oh man, this is DC's fault. He's regressed. He hasn't been getting playing time, blah, 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 blah. Uh, first of all, he, he was getting plenty of playing time with the Richmond kickers because the Richmond kickers were awful and he was starting week in and week out for them. I mean, if he was healthy and a hundred percent and DC didn't have a supplemental, he was out there on the field for the Richmond kickers. Um, so he was getting plenty of playing time at this point. He has graduated plat- past the USL championship. Like he is going back to Loudon and playing for Loudon is going to do him zero favors at this point um, in his career. Um, he is he is a guy who should be at this point in his career pushing guys like Canales and Moreno for that for that number six role um, at this point. And he's he's having arguably his best season under DC. He's got yep. a goal. Um, he's starting to put little more things. He looks much more polished. He does not look like a kid out there anymore. He looks like a, a guy who is a who is definitely, at the very least, uh, a promising young professional. So uh, the notion that he's regressed under DC is 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 really just a nonsense notion, in my opinion. So um, I'll be curious to see. You know, we we've talked about how Canals and Moreno started out well. Canals has kind of been back and forth. Um, he unfortunately, I think he definitely would have been out there for this game um, against Philly um, if he were not. He did not pick up a red card in the Orlando game, so I would very much expect him to be out there um, against uh, against um, against New York, um, especially if if Canals has apparently has picked up a minor knock. And that's another thing too: Canals has picked up a minor knock, so he's got this game and potentially the Wednesday and Saturday game. 
uh, Orlando and uh, Toronto to, to sort of maybe see if he can cement himself as a starter in this team. So uh, he's going to have opportunities this year. There, there's no doubt about it. Uh, this will not matter when you actually listen to this to this show, but Charleston Battery is beating Atlanta United in the Open Cup right now. One yeah, I got, I got it on my phone. I didn't know if I wanted to talk about it, but uh, yeah, it will, it will, I'm sure it'll be proven to be a, a flash in the pan. But if if when you're listening to this, you're also reading about Charleston Battery's upset victory in the Open Cup, you will have heard it here, I guess. Second, yeah. and let's yeah, do do we want to talk a little bit about the the Open Cup and how how awful it is that like there were so many just like. MLS versus MLS matchups and we're I mean Charleston could end up making it three teams but so far we only have two teams out of the out of the tournament um, out of the the lower divisions that are making it to the next round and that's just that's just disappointing it it really is disappointing and and you know I I I get it a little bit I understand it a little bit um, but it would be nice you know I, I agree with a lot of the sentiments that the MLS teams need to enter earlier. We should have more of these MLS versus USL matchups. Um, I don't agree with just giving the the USL and lower division teams the home game. Um, I think that kind of almost cheapens the competition a little bit. I, I like the sort of I like the fact that we even have a draw because we used to not have a draw. It used to be like you would put in a bid for the stadium to host it and us soccer would basically look at your bid and decide where it would be hosted. Now at least there's a little bit of randomness to it. Um, you know, the regions you get a lot of the same matchups, uh, Portland, Seattle, again, I think for like the, what feels like the 10th time in the open cup. Um, but you know, I'd like, I'd like to see at least having more matchups and I don't even mind when USL teams go to our road games, New Mexico United, uh, was out probably outnumbering Colorado fans in their own stadium. Um, and that's cool and fun. Like when, 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 I don't know if you had a chance to watch that game, if you were up that late, you might've, you might've packed it in early. Um, but that was a fun game to watch. And, uh, the New Mexico fans were loud, very, very loud in that game. So, um, uh, I won't go through the rest of this. I just want to hit the big ones here. Bill Hamid making 487,000. If he's going to stay, that's going to have to go up. Uh, the steal of the century is Joseph Moore at $164,000. (laughs) That will probably need to change. I don't know, maybe not, but I think that probably Junior Moreno also on one hundred and sixty thousand. That's another steal. That's a so big steal. great job there, Dave Casper. <laughs> right on those two. You may have overpaid for Zoltan by a factor of three, but you got these two players on the cheap. What, what was Leonard? Uh, did you say Leonard Hara? What was his salary? Five sixty. Okay, that's so he's making yeah. it. I mean, that's what you got to yeah. pay for a for a Boca Juniors player. He, his, he's playing. He's playing century. like that too. So yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, the last one, Akeem Ward, get your money. One hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars as a rookie uh, for his guaranteed salary. Way to go. Is, that, is he generation? That's really no, high. He's he, not. He's not generation Adidas. Nope. Wow. I don't believe so. He's making double what Griffin Yao's making. Wow. So good for him. I mean, I don't know if yeah. that was his agent. I don't know what that was, but congrats. I think yeah. maybe it was also a situation where the team knew they were shorthanded coming in, so maybe he was able to be a little bit more aggressive in his negotiations because they needed yeah. him. Maybe that. But anyway, that's sort of the wrap up there. Uh, some real, some real big, uh, some real big bargains, and then some also potentially uh numbers that really are kind of sad and embarrassing uh apparently bill hamid uh also apparently got when he from last from 2017 from 2017 he made three hundred ninety-five thousand, and now he's making uh 487 so that's a pretty good raise i think that's hard to beat but anyway i think uh i think uh that's that's sort of that i think we should uh i think we should roll into our break and then get back and get on with these twitter questions sounds good 
All right, stick around, everybody. Uh, you're listening to our Refugees podcast, and we will be right back. Welcome back to the RFK Refugees Podcast. Ted and John here. Uh, ready to get into some of your uh, Twitter questions and comments and solutions and talk maybe about some of the little things that are going on with the game. Uh, but let's start with your questions because you guys never cease to not give us questions. Um, and uh, I don't think we got any like Women's World Cup questions, so we're not going to talk about like celebrations of, at when you're up thirteen nothing or something like that, or what you should do. I think that I think that should take thirty seconds. Do you want to? Do you want to? We'll do that. <laughs> okay. You're what ready? do you? You, you, I am I am you, the camp of score as many goals as you want and celebrate however the hell you want. It's the World Cup. I don't care. That's my that's my official stance. I, I'm in the same boat and I'm I'm 100 in the same boat. I think the people calling it people up north of the border calling it classless and completely uh, irresponsible. Uh, you never heard any of the Thailand players complain about it. You never saw them go up to the Thailand bench and start dancing in front of the Thailand players. You never saw them get in the face of their Thailand defenders. They were celebrating with their teammates after the game. The players, the Thailand players were nothing if not thankful. Alex Morgan goes over to, um, to one of the forwards, I think on the team. And, you know, they were nothing as short of gracious, uh, certainly after the game. And at this, it's, it's so it's, it's just over the top and it's, it's Canada still butthurt about the 2012, Olympics. Let's just be serious. They they are still butthurt about that. Um, I hope Canada lose every single game coming up because of that too. Because I do not. I have never like the whole Canadian national team is just is and media as well is just going over the top with this. Here's your watchword. If you are using the word classless in your argument against something, you are an old dork. <laughs> that's really that's what it is. No matter how old you are, if you say that you are an old dork. And I and, and no one cares. No one wants to hear about it's, class or classless. It's the World Cup. It's it's the yeah. World Cup. It's the yeah. biggest sporting event. And you uh, you know what? I I I bet you like the U.S. women's. Net. I I'm really worried about Chile now because I bet they're just like really we put up a, like a world record performance and everybody's just talking about how we celebrated a a a record for a win and I'm scoring five more. Alex Morgan like I'm scoring five goals. All right, we're gonna put fifteen up on Chile. Let's just let's just bury this. Like I would be a big fan of a passive aggressive sarcastic situation where they score a goal and everyone does like a like a zips their lip and just like to just like sits on the ground and doesn't celebrate. I think that would be a very good celebration. At least for the first goal. That would be a good move. Just like a robotic handshake and then Yeah, like, <laughs> that would be perfect. And then and then, the and, show, then guys. and then just bust out the Hulu does live sports like celebration yeah, on the couch. Good. I like it. <laughs> Uh, so from Landon Long at Landon Man Smash says, how many years until Yao is a consistent starter? Do you think? I hope not many. Consistent starter. I think that you have to look at the players that are currently on uh, on a team and how long they're signed for. I would imagine they would hope at they. I think probably their best case scenario hope for him is in two years, he's a starter. I think that that would be. I think based on the players, the wings that are already on here, and the fact that he'd be eighteen. And have a lot of and have a lot of experience under his belt. I think it's probably when he's ready. Maybe three years. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna kind of go with you. He's still, you know, he's still very much, you know, he's still not a. He's not. He's gonna. It's gonna take some time. I think in the weight room, 
bulk him up a little bit, get him a little stronger. We saw the same really with when with Andy Nahar was here. Um, Andy Nahar was getting bumped off, you know, left and right his first season here. Um, and he then he started to work out. He started to put in the work, and he suddenly became uh, a much better player. Um, I think it's going to be hard for him uh, to get to get uh, some starting. I think he's got the U seventeen World Cup. I think coming up later this year. I want to say I think that's yep. coming up. Um, so he's. I mean, obviously DC is going to let him go for that. And he's going to miss time for that. Um, and then I think after that he comes back, he's going to have a year off, I guess, and then he's probably going to be in the USU 20 picture. And I think that's, that's been the, that was kind of the problem with Chris Durkin is that he was always, you know, he's being pulled away for U 17. Then he was getting pulled away for U 20. And I think Yao's going to have the same type of thing. You know, he's going to get pulled away for these national team events um, and they're great showcases and they're great ways to build his value. Um, Chris Durkin came away from the last U 20 world cup and people were talking about him, you know, being the, the next replacement for Michael Bradley. I mean, he had that good right. of a U 20 world cup. And I think Griffin Yao can do the same at the U 17 world cup and the U 20 world cup. Um, I think if he's starting to get consistent minutes uh, off the bench uh, this year and certainly next year, um, he's also an attacking player, so he's going to get his opportunities because um, they're the, you know a team's down, they're going to bring on an attacking player uh, to, to cement. He's got a chance to, to make his mark, um, so uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I'm, I'm very excited about sort of the the pipeline that DC has set up at this point. Um, in the meantime, we get to watch him at Loudon too, and he's getting minutes, which is something that MLS team that DC didn't have the luxury of, you know, three, four years ago. Getting minutes and scoring goal of the week nominees yeah. on a consistent basis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at uh, Jeffrey Cook also wants us to talk about Yao, so that was a two birds, one stone situation. Boom. Uh, all right, so we got another question from Tim Flesh. Uh, what will we target this summer, and could we still be working on bringing back Emil? Speaking of summer windows, just making sure can teams still negotiate before the window opens? Uh, the teams can negotiate with players that have contracts ending in six months once the window starts. Uh, they can negotiate with their existing players. I'm not sure if that was more your intent or it was about new players, but it, they're still negotiating, I assume, uh, with, uh, with Acosta's camp. One assumes, one hopes, at least there's a conversation going of some kind. Um, we so, sort of talked about, go ahead. So I want to say, I mean, you can negotiate with anybody at any point. They are, it would not surprise me if they are, if they are having discussions right now with Velez Sarsfield, you know, every other week they're, you know, chiming in, they're trying to, to see if they can negotiate something. You can negotiate wherever you want. It's just a matter of when you make that signing, when the player cannot play until the window opens. Um, so you, you could go out, you could like the window could shut and DC could go out and sign four or five players. And, but at that point they cannot play until the window reopens. And, and so, I mean, they're negotiations that happen all the time. That's why, you know, there's literally when the, as soon as the window, but even sometimes even like a couple of days before the window, you hear about things. Uh, you have, um, Omar Gonzalez, uh, being announced, uh, I think for Toronto or heavily rumored for Toronto, but he won't play probably until Jan- until July, until the actual window opens for him for major league soccer. So you can negotiate whenever you want. It's not a matter of when you can negotiate. It's just a matter of when those players are eligible to actually play in your team. And that depends on whether they're inside or outside the window. Um, when you're purchasing players, like I said, if you're negotiating out of contract guys, you can sign them whenever the hell you want. Um, you could go back and bring back Al Haj Kamara if you wanted to. Like, yes. and he's out of contract. If, yes. I don't know if you know if he is out of contract, but he, he might be. He's, so he's playing somewhere. I'm that sure. man, that man's that man's got a deal somewhere. I'm yeah. sure. Oh, what was <laughs> I saw on Instagram? Uh, apparently, Bill Hamid and uh, Kofi Opare still talk to Samuel Incum. Like, <laughs> Samuel Incum was in New York City for a birthday, and Bill Hamid was like, "Yo, man, you in New York?" And he's like, "Yup." 
And then Kofi Opara was like, oh, man, cool. So <laughs> that's cool. If you're if you're a landlord in the D.C. metropolitan area and you're looking for Samuel Incombe, just, uh, you know, just talk to Bill or talk to Kofi. Yeah, they'll, they'll point you in the right direction on that. Yep. One. They know they know his most recent cell phone number, probably. Just the strangest um, situation. But yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so last one, last Twitter comment just said, uh, Angus Long 9 said the U.S. Open Cup round of 16. So, yeah, we advanced. We're going to play New York City FC next Wednesday at Audi Field. Uh, New York City beat North Carolina FC 4 nothing. Uh, I have not been watching. Listen, I'm a, I'm a USL guy now, kind of, but that just means I watch Loudon games. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bold enough to say I'm watching uh, other teams just uh, for fun. So I don't know how they're doing this season so far. I know who their coach is. Dave yeah. Sarakin is their coach. I know more about their women's team. I know more more about Courage than I do them uh, the the men's team. I know we played them in the Open Cup last year. Yeah, they're they're doing. I mean the 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 North Carolina FC. They're doing fine. I mean they they pasted you know Richmond in the last game, um, in, in their Open Cup game. I think the score was like four to two or something like that. Richmond kind of gave them a little bit of a scare, but then they kind of pulled away. I mean, they're they're a decent team. They are a minor league team. I mean, it's just, it, it's with these Open Cup. It's just a matter of what who are we going to see out there. Uh, Wayne Rooney is saying he definitely wants to be there. He wants to be out there playing. I think he played an Open Cup game on his anniversary, which I'm he like, did. yeah, I'm like, what? Your wife was okay with that? I mean, I guess it's your job. You do what you got to do. But um, <laughs> I'm she not sure. Them checks. I, yeah, I'm, <laughs> she like them checks. She's cool with it. He, he apparently loves it. He wants to go back. He wants to play it again. So uh, never doubt Wayne Rooney, man. He he's just come in here and just wants to be a competitor, man. He wants to play in every game. I think if like I think if there was like a I, I think if they were in the champions like the that stupid champions thing that that is coming in the summer with between the U.S. and between the MLS and Mexican teams, he would say, "Yeah, I want to be a part of that. Let's go. Let's yeah, do it." He definitely would. <laughs> I think in, in light of that, I wanna I wanna very quickly uh, share a story that came across the line Ta- talking about English players uh, making a lot of money coming in late in their career. Uh, so. Uh, Frank Lampard talked to Felipe one time on the field and Felipe was saying, uh, you're washed up, you're overpaid. And they pointed to the scoreboard uh, and, and New York city at the time was losing. Apparently uh, Lampard told him, I have, I have $15 million in my checking account. I'm not losing. Uh, so I don't <laughs> think that's the thing Wayne Rooney probably says. However, it would also be true. Yeah. And apparently also Bobby corrected Pablo and said it was actually uh 30, Thirty million dollars in his, his checking account. It wasn't fifteen million, so it was a correction <laughs> after the fact. Oh, wow! Yeah, go 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 buy go buy a subscription to the Athletic. Yep, get yep. your money, get, get your, your money. money, Frank, and uh, and the, also buy the buy the Athletic. Don't don't screenshot and share it with friends and and beg people to share it with you because then you'll be wondering why doesn't anyone cover soccer anymore in this country? Why aren't there good soccer writers? It's because you don't have you have to pay for things. You have to pay for certain things if you want if you want it to be good. Um, and the, the athletic is, is certainly more than worth it. In my opinion, the amount of money you pay it, share a subscription with a friend for God's sake, split a subscription. It's even cheaper. Like go ahead and do that. Like I do, I do that. That's yeah. What I, do. I, my, me and my friend, we, 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 sh- we share the Washington post and the athletic subscription. So, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, you do what you gotta do. I understand money can be tight, but Hey, I, I still feel like I'm supporting it and, and spreading it. And I'm not just getting it for free. You know, I'm also, you know, trading it for the Washington post. So. 
you and I are going to get a cease and desist from their uh, IT department for sharing. Uh, Probably logins. they're going to say, "Oh God, we got it now. We got to like you know, you can only be signed into one device." So but, we got them. Hey, I mean, at this point, I think they would just want people to subscribe. So, and, and if they come at me, I'll I will buy some full subscription. Let's say that. Yeah, same here. <laughs> probably, probably true. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that uh, I like I like DC's chance next week. Uh, I think that uh, you know, depends on who they throw out there. I think they're going to throw out the same the same or near the same lineup. Uh, they've still got another week bef- between that game and uh, their next league game, so why not? Why would you not do it? I, I think you'll see probably a more close matching position lineup. Um, I think Durkin slots right in there. Um, you know, maybe you see Segura take up that spot, or or, or Lucas Rodriguez with Segura out wide. Um, but I think Hara returns back to that right back position. You slot Mora out left if you think he's still healthy. Um, hopefully, you know, Odie Astum's injury is not major and he can come back next week. We'll see. Um, and then you have Berlion, Birnbaum Center. And then maybe, I, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't play Bill Hamid. Maybe they just wanted to give Bill Hamid a rest, um, give him a break a little bit to get away. But um, I think you put him out there for this game because now you're in, you're in the round of 16. Now it starts to become, okay, you just got to win, you know, four games to to make it to win a trophy and win a championship so suddenly like once you get past that first game you start to you start to think about it seriously like do you really like you 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 put some money into this tournament and it was it was kind of funny how like union fans were all like hooping and hollering and they lost to one like oh well now we get to focus on being first in the east so you know yeah yeah you guys lost so that's loser uh-huh. talk that's loser i think talk. that sometimes teams will give their backup the the whole tournament up to the final Yes. which is the way that it usually goes down, and then they'll sometimes steal it from them in the final, which is just very cruel, but they know <laughs> the deal. They know the score. Um, we also had an email uh, to sent to us last week, and uh, whoops, but we're going to answer it now. So from David Devine, uh, team has only played well in spurts since the impressive 3-1 win over New York City late last season. Uh, this season, the team is consistently performing at levels less than the sum of their individual talents. As an example, during the first half of a recent Quakes game, at times it seemed like 11 strangers playing together for the first time. There has been a half a season to sort out squad chemistry, team culture, playing philosophy. I'm tired of hearing the fans can't fault the effort. Uh, Should we expect more on-field production from this group? And if yes, why are we not getting it? Okay. So, I would say that the team did perform consistently well at the start of the season uh, and that you were seeing a lot of the same connectedness and, uh, and style of offense that you saw at the end of last year. So I think that's, I think that's not entirely fair. And I also think that um, when a team plays poorly, it definitely looks like there's 11 strangers on the field. I feel like it's very hard to see teams not win or perform and say, they're not performing well, but they at least look like they knew each other, or they at least they at least were on the same page. Usually, you fall apart. You don't. It's not just a you look good except for you don't win. Um, at least with this team, there have been a number of injuries. Um, not not mean no more than other teams. It's not like a, uh, there are other teams that have. They're not. We're not sporting Kansas City. We're not pulling guys out of the crowd just to, for the bench. We're not traveling to games with four four people on the bench uh, to be able to make subs. But um, there have been some serious, uh, you know, key injuries. absences. Yeah, key, key injuries. Yeah. I would say that's right. Joseph, you know, we said it at the time. Joseph Moore was going to be a big deal, and he was a big deal. Uh, yeah. They they he was such a big deal. They brought in multiple players off the off the trash heap to fill the spot. Um, so it was it was a recognized problem 
that they they realized after the fact like crap <laughs> we are really into it so I, I i think that you know the last the last was it three games or four games that they that they've drawn three or four games game? yeah. three you know it's a it's a it's a it's a lapse in form right like i feel like they are you know it's they had a they had a lot of games jammed in they have a, had a long break um the first 100 and something minutes of this game on wednesday did not cure all ills and neither did the last 15 minutes however i feel like when we get back into league play in two weeks we can start expecting we can start expecting things again from this team we're going to have most of the team healthy depending on what canals's injury looks like um so we should be ready to roll and and then one i think once at that point you can really judge where this team is at again they are no longer tired they are no longer missing key players uh at that point your excuses are run out and they're going to have fewer games than over a longer stretch than a lot of other teams are going to have. Um, DC, I think, is is right at the middle of their season, basically. And so they're going to be entering where they had to fit 17 games in essentially a three-month span. Now they have to fit those same 17 games um, in a three-and-a-half to four-month span. Uh, so there's going to be a lot more of a stretch. There's, there's not going to be this su- Saturday to Wednesday, Sunday, Sunday to Wednesday, Sunday type of games. There's going to be some, some you know, they get right into a, a Wednesday, Saturday type situation. Um, so, I mean, they, they got a, a short rest type game. But, I mean, they still, uh, they, they still, they're going to have a little more of a stretch. And I think that's going to help them towards the end. And, you know, it, it, it never really matters in, in Major League Soccer how you play from March to, you know, March to May, as long as you're getting results. Um, and what really matters is that, that there's that period between really essentially it's going to be after the break, late June, July, uh, into August, when the teams that are playing the best are the ones that are going to, they're going to make the run in the playoffs are the ones that are going to put together the results. Um, and, and that's the part of the season that really starts to matter in major league soccer. Um, it's a little different because of the change in playoff format, um, I, the earlier results do matter, but I think DC did enough to at least have themselves positioned where if they can get on a run, um, they can they can still reach the top of the Eastern Conference. They still have two games against Philly, um, two opportunities to to pick up uh, to pick up points on Philly. Uh, they still have two games against New York, another team that they're kind of chasing. Uh, they still have one more game on the road, mind you, against uh, against Atlanta, um, but they've already picked up a result against them. So this team still has plenty of opportunities where they can sort of make up for their for their failings uh, earlier in the season um, so I'm I'm still very positive that they're going to come back rested and things are going to hopefully look better and we can start and we and we can demand a little better too I agree with you on that so more real-time reporting Charleston's up one nothing at the half one nothing at the half yes this will all so, be completely meaningless by the time yep <laughs> like Atlanta probably. can go like, I'll be curious I didn't even chance to look at their lineup so I'd be curious about that but um one thing I do want to mention and I do want to talk about this um please, please get out to the game um if you can on Wednesday um if you have an opportunity it's going to be um United's uh out uh, they call it, I think, a night out. Is that what they're calling it? Or the, it's their it's their pride. It's their pride night match. Um, a lot of teams around soccer are doing it. Uh, the Richmond Kickers just had theirs uh, a couple weeks ago, and you know DC's doing uh, DC's doing actually a lot more with with this sort of work than they have than they have in the past. Um, I've noticed, and this, and, that, and that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. Um, so you know they've changed their logo and everything like that. Um, and then, of course, you know what happens when you change your logo and you try to do these types of things. You have the the trolls and and the 
and the um, the idiots that come out of the woodwork to you know say, oh, why are we doing this? We should have straight pride week. We should have this. We should have all this other stuff. And you know, it's 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 important that you know that MLS and soccer teams do this. Uh, and and you can. There's a lot of people that go out there and they say, well, you know, I don't think sports teams should be involved in this type of stuff. And that's and that's fine. But but sports teams are still a part of a cultural they're they're part of a society and they're part of a gathering place for society and having these types of nights um, tells people who are struggling with their sexuality struggling with their gender gender identity uh, that we accept you for who you are and and you're welcome out here on the field and you're welcome out here to, to support sing with us and everything like that and um, you know it, it's difficult for you know for for us for people who are straight you know, you don't when you're out with your wife, girlfriend, you know, or your boyfriend or significant other and you're in a straight relationship, you, you don't have to worry about what someone's looking at you or someone's, you know, disapproving of your relationship or anything like that. You don't you don't have that. You don't have that fear in you about what could happen to you. And, and there was just an incident, I think, in England last week where um, a lesbian couple was, you know, accosted on the bus and they were they were injured, um, horribly injured. Uh, they were being harassed, and and it, it's it's a terrible situation. So these things are still real, and these are why these types of matches and these types of uh, of support from either from corporate, from from hopefully from our from government and everything like that, they're important and they matter. Um, so I implore you, I implore you to to reexamine um, and and to reexamine why the significance of these nights matter. Um, come out on Wednesday if you can. Um, I'm fortunately cannot. I'm I am very very far away. But if you live in the D.C. area, uh, come out to the game. Um, I'm a little bit annoyed it is on a Wednesday night. I, I feel like it should be on a weekend. Um, it's actually something important like this rather than just you know putting it in your midweek game and having you know people might not be able to make it due to work and things like that. But um, it is still good to see the team get involved. I know Ben Olson was at the at the Pride at the at the uh, D.C. Pride March, which was fantastic. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. So that was Ted soapbox. Uh, John soapbox is telling you if you haven't already watched, uh, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson on Netflix. Uh, I really think you should watch it. Uh, particularly episode five, uh, where they're in the recording studio and they're talking about how the skeletons bones are their money. I think that, uh, if you've watched it already, you will appreciate that. If you haven't yet, uh, you're in for a treat. So that's that's my contribution. But I also co-sign what Ted said. But yes. in addition, I think that you should watch that show on Netflix. Fair. Yes. Yes. Lots of other things you should. Lots of other things you should watch. You should, Psychonauts, that, one, Psychonauts, that one first. Psychonauts is getting a sequel for the video game. So that I'm pumped about that because that was one of my favorite games on the Xbox. I still have the original Xbox. So if you haven't, it's like 10 bucks on Steam. You should go play Psychonauts. It's a fan, fantastic game. And then you should buy definitely buy the sequel as well. So fun, fun times. Because E3 is coming up. But uh, anything else we want to talk about? Anything else you got to add? Nope. Nothing else to talk about. We're going to have a whole... We have six days till our next game to have something to talk about. We'll probably join you again on next Thursday, I would assume. Yep. Yep. We got another game, uh, Open Cup, and then we got to uh, get ready for the rest of the season. So, um, again, thank you. Oh, yeah. You. Hold on. We got two new patron Patreon subscribers, Josiah and Mark. Thank you for your support. Uh, our annual, or actually not annual, our weekly call... Uh, if you like the show and want to support the show, uh, go to patreon.com slash RFK refugees and do so. We love it that you do it. Uh, we are still 10 patrons away from our two episodes a week uh, flow. You're, guys, you're telling us 
that you don't want two shows a week. That's what that's what's happening here. Tell your tell your friends, tell your parents. I love this podcast so much, and I just wish there were two episodes a week. And they won't do it unless at least forty people uh, join their Patreon. So you know, put the call out, put the bat signal out. You need more podcasts in your life. I know if you're like me, you don't have five hundred thousand unplayed podcast in your playlist that you've got to catch up on at all times. I'm sure you're not like me. And yes. if you're not, then you need more episodes of this show. And support the show because it helps us it helps us do cool things and yeah. like buy stickers and, and give you all stuff. So definitely, definitely enjoy that. Alright, well thank you all so, so much for listening. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers. People on Twitter, Twitter.com slash Refugees. Facebook.com search the RFQ Refugees podcast. You guys are fantastic, amazing. We love the show um, and we will catch you all next week. Vamos. Vamos. Vamos.